Jesus is the only way to have peace with God. Though there is only one way to God, everyone's journey to Jesus is unique and magnificent. Here is a story of one's journey to Christ, now on Redemption Report. Welcome to Redemption Report. Today we're going to hear from my mother-in-law, Debbie Grady, and she's going to tell us about how she came to know Christ as her Savior. So welcome. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So could you give us a little bit of just a a story of how you uh, were raised, kind of your background, kind of just let us know a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I grew up on a Navajo reservation in um, Many Farms, Arizona. And I think we, we moved there. I was like four and a half, five years old. And it was the year before I went into first grade where a missionary family came and moved in. And he had a daughter named Dana. And she was my age and went to my class and told me a lot about God and the Bible. And it just, I already had a, a hunger to want to know God and want to mm-hmm. know who he was. And I, I that just set me on a quest, I feel like, to to find out about God. And I remember asking my father one day when we were walking and said, um, I just figured dads know everything. So I asked my dad and, and asked him who God was and what the Bible was. And he told me it was all just, you know, made up stories for people who are weak. And, and in my little mind, I said, well, that's not the right answer. So I have to find the right answer somewhere else. And God just led me <laughs> on a path throughout my life and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you were saying uh, that you grew up on a Navajo res- reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, that where was that, and what w- what was life like? You know, what was kind of the uh, your memories of that? Well, it was uh, the name of the res- well, the part of the reservation. The whole area of the reservation is very large out there in Arizona, New Mexico. But it was uh, named Many Farms. That's the town I lived in. Um, I have I have really good memories of of going to the um, the the Yebiche dances, like the Hopi or the Navajo dances and stuff, the ceremonial dances, and it was interesting. It was good culture. I loved it growing up there. But um, there was, like I said, there was a lot of missionaries who would come and go, usually Catholic, but others also came in. I remember at one point a Catholic, there was kids that were getting on a, a white bus after school and going somewhere that had a priest driving the bus. And I knew it had something to do with God. So I tried to get on the bus and go, <laughs> but I couldn't because I didn't have a note from my mother. So <laughs> so when was the first time you heard the name of Jesus or, you know, how were you presented God growing up? Um, when we moved, for, I was t- like 12 years old when we moved from the reservation to Lake Tahoe, California. Um, my first friend there, Becky, she brought me, there was a woman on Saturday morning, she was having a, a group of kids come over and doing crafts and talking to them and telling them about Jesus. And I remember we made a craft paper plates and we put a cross on the, on the paper plate and she would tell us about Jesus and, and everything. And, and I loved it. I loved going there. She was so kind and she was so loving. And I just knew that I just, I just loved being there. But as soon as my mother found out that we were talking about God and stuff there, she didn't let me go anymore. So I wasn't allowed to go. After that, but I think that's the first time I actually saw, and she told us what the cross was and what the cross meant. I don't mm-hmm. think I fully comprehended or understood it, but, you know, that was my first, the first time someone told me about that. Gotcha. Yeah. And you were saying um, your parents, when they talked to you about God or religion, it was just all made up. Did they ever reference who Jesus was or how did they tell you about that? Just 
we don't say that name around here or how did that go no it just wasn't said it wasn't talked about okay. yeah it just wasn't something ever brought up or i know my father went to, went periodically to unitarian universalist church and i attended once i remember and went into the sunday school class and i don't think there was anything i don't remember anything really that was taught there but <clears throat> i think that's pretty um open and you get you don't they don't really sp- specifically focus on god or christ in that church so sure, sure. what reservations did you have when you first heard about Jesus, like, was it just something like you, I think you mentioned earlier, you were on a quest to find <laughs> truth, but what, uh, what, what kind of held you back? Or when you first started hearing about Jesus, what, what made it kind of like, I'm not sure about this. What do you remember any of those reservations? I do actually. When we, when I, as, as the years went on and, and when I lived in Lake Tahoe in high school, I had a friend who, um, my best friend in high school actually left to live with her aunt for the summer and came back the next year, born again saved and there was a church service that was happening every it was like an every night like a revival service or something happening at a church and she brought me brought me with her and I went and um I went two nights the first night I was there was the worship music and the preaching and and they had an altar call and I almost went up there but I was really afraid of what my mother would think I was terrified so I didn't do it excuse me but the next night I went uh, again and I was gonna I was gonna go all out I was gonna I didn't really know exactly what it was that I was gonna do I just know I needed God in my life and really wanted that to fill that void in that hole in my heart and um they were sending they were putting they put on a board or something this um that Christ needs to be on the throne of your heart and everything will be in order when Christ isn't on the throne of your heart everything in your life is out of order and because of my upbringing (laughs) that triggered me wrong. And I was like, oh, no, you know, you have to be a master of your own life, because that's just what I was brought up with. You know, that was what my understanding. So that, that scared me away. That, (laughs) and I I didn't accept the Lord that night and go up. But, you know, upon graduating high school, I moved to New Jersey, which is where I met um, a woman, Peggy, who showed, he just shined Jesus. She shined the Jesus and She's she brought me to a woman's fellowship group, and that is where I accepted the Lord finally. Cool. <laughs> what was it that really helped you make that decision? Was it just how Peggy interacted, just the way she lived, or what was attractive to you about a relationship with Jesus? Yeah, it was it was her kindness and her love for me. I mean, I had a lot of um, harsh treatment growing up with like peers and stuff, you know, and and she just she just was so kind to me and she just was bubbling over with this joy and this love. And I just knew that when I met her, I just knew what she had is what I wanted. And I knew she was a Christian cause she was, you know, very, she had told me that she was supporting a Christian and I knew I wanted what she had. So. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So you told us just a little bit, you, you went to a, a, a Bible study, was it? How, can you tell us a little bit more about kind of, how you went about accepting Christ? Like, do you remember that, what what occurred that evening? I do. They were going, um, it was a group of women. It was a women's fellowship group. And it was at the end of December. And the leader of the women's fellowship was had us go around the room and each person was to tell what they wanted for the new year, what they wanted in their life. And it started at this end and went all the way around. And I was the last person. And I had never spoken in a group. I've never been in a group like that before. 
And all I said was, I just want what all you guys have. <laughs> and then I heard someone go, oh, Debbie wants to get saved. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure what that meant. But Ingrid, the leader of the Women's Fellowship Group, led me in a prayer. And I said the prayer and I accepted the Lord that night. Wow. Yeah. What, um, what changes did you notice either right away or over a little bit of time? What, what changed as far as your outlook or your insight or anything like that? Well, if <laughs> it's funny. The first thing that changed the next day, I was afraid that I would have to go to church because as, it, even though all through my childhood, I would, when I would see a church, I would be wanting so much to know what was going on, on inside that church. Okay. I knew it had to do with God and I knew I wanted it and I knew I wanted to know that relationship. I knew I needed it and I knew I wanted it. And I knew that God was, I felt like God was just calling me and drawing me to himself even though I really didn't understand all the details. But as soon as I knew that, oh, this means I have to go to church and they're going to be asking me to go to church, <laughs> I kind of backed away from everybody and kind of like I wouldn't talk to any of <laughs> the people that were in the group for about, and it's funny because it was about nine months. It was about nine months later that I knew the church was having, um, again, it was like a revival service. It was like every night of the week. It was nighttime. So... I, I went one night and I just knew, I just knew I had to, at that point, I just was so hungry to know him. And he was just drawing me so strongly that I went right up to the altar and gave my life to the Lord that night. And that, then it was like real. Then it was just like, I, I just felt so filled with his spirit. I felt like so in love with the Lord. I just, you know, I just couldn't get enough. And, you know, I, I remember saying to myself too, saying, you know, just praying and talking to myself and my heart and said, this is the first time in my life I think I actually like myself. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> that was a milestone because growing up, I really, I always hated myself and just, I had a lot of turmoil, a lot of trauma. In sure. my, yeah. Well, that's exciting to hear that you were able to receive joy very quickly. And I like what you said about having to, like the importance of sharing that publicly. Um, I think that's why scripture talks much about, you know, telling others about it, because like you said, it made it real. It wasn't, it yeah. was no longer just your faith. It was like your faith on display that, yeah. hey, this is what I've decided. I'm going forward. Yeah. 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 What do you find now that you've been following Christ for several years? What would you say is one of the most difficult aspects of following Christ? What has been kind of a something you've noticed is like, I've had to leave this behind and pursue, like what, what has been one of the most difficult aspects of following Christ? I think, um, like in scripture, he says, be careful that the cares and the, the cares and the worries will choke out. I think sometimes just the worries and the, the, the hustle of working and just doing life and getting busy can sometimes be a challenge to try to pull myself in, rein myself in and, and make myself sit with the Lord and just regroup and get that first love back in my heart, which it's there. It never left, but yet it's buried sometimes in the busyness of life. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes that's, that's difficult, but I think that's a common thing because I've talked to yeah, a lot of women yeah. and a lot of people that, yeah, struggle with that. Yeah. But, no, it, very real. Yeah, so that, yeah, it's good to, good to acknowledge that. What would you say is one of your biggest joys, like something that you've noticed, like I wouldn't have if I hadn't followed Christ, but since I have followed Christ, I now have, what's one of those things that, you know, gives you most, a, a large amount of joy because of following Christ? I think the fact that I'm here, <laughs> I'm alive and I just, I, 
I just love the Lord and he's so good to me. And like this morning in church when we were singing, I just, he brought, brings me back sometimes to the very, to the beginning, the beginnings of when he called me. And I just don't think, I think on the road that I was on and emotionally and mentally, I think I, I could have, I would have made a lot of bad decisions, but in probably not a great place. <laughs> I mm-hmm. think the Lord is really, even though I haven't always been great at listening to his direction, I think he's, he's got, he's found a way to get me. <laughs> he always works everything together for good, even not my not so great decisions. He somehow, he, he's a good shepherd. Yeah. Brings me back. Yeah. So. Well, if there was one aspect of your story or one takeaway you wanted to leave anyone listening to this about your story, what would be one thing you'd want them to walk away with um, knowing that you know, know Christ? To not give up. Okay. <laughs> to to not give up in your relationship when even when things when you don't feel him when you're not having like that first love that first year that I was saved it was just like there was just nothing that I could have quenched that fire <laughs> you know it was just an awesome and then life starts to trickle in and all the things and the responsibilities and growing up and sometimes um, when you're just feeling like you're not feeling the Lord anymore it's not just based on that, that's when I say, you know, that's when you go by faith. You walk by faith and not by sight or by what you're feeling is to just hang on to those promises that he loves you with an everlasting love. And then he's there. He never leaves you. Even if you make your bed and into the depths of the sea, you know, if you, wherever you go, you are never far from him. He's as close as your very breath. Yeah. So, well, I really want to thank you for taking time to share your story. Um, I think it's definitely something that's really encouraging to me to just be reminded of of anyone who comes to Christ, you know, just remember that that position of humility and openness and just realizing like I need something and Christ is what is going to be the one that fills that that yeah. void. And I appreciate you sharing the uh the takeaway that you have of just not giving up because I think so often it it doesn't always make sense. And yeah. that's why scripture says that we have to come as a child or we have to have faith, you know, the, the ability to believe something without completely understanding every single aspect about it. We have faith in so many different ways every day, but yeah. I want to thank you for, for sharing all that You're today. So, Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> While each story has different twists and turns, every account of redemption involves one who is lost, acknowledging their plight and turning to Christ for rescue. Debbie Grady was able to concisely yet fully share her journey of seeing her need and how Jesus Christ made himself known to her by graciously putting Debbie's friend Peggy in her path, who would in turn lead her to Christ because of the hope that was seen in her and her friends. This is a good reminder that there are many people searching for hope and peace. May those who know Christ be putting themselves in position to befriend others and exhibit the love and peace Christ freely extends to all those who know him. Next week, we'll hear Debbie's husband, Bob Grady, recount his redemption story. This concludes episode five of Redemption Report. Be sure you're following or subscribed to this podcast so you don't miss any episodes. As always, if you have any questions or want to see more content, visit twareproductions.com. See you next time.